Well, 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 Lauren has just finished her cracking, so I think we can begin. My symphony of joints has finally ceased. We are ready to start. Okay, do you want to settle a debate really quick before we launch into this episode? I don't know what debate I'm getting myself into, but I guess. (laughs) Okay, pro-choice versus pro-life. Let's settle this once and for all. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Regime versus regimen. Okay, on the Patreon episode, you and I had, we came to blows over, you know, whether you can use regime in place of regimen. This was also on the very day that Chelsea, go ahead. And for the record, to defend my my side of the argument, it's not that it's totally wrong. It's just like it's not the right word. It's it's not the right usage, and it's not the common usage of regime. Correct. It's not. And we got into a debate over it. It was heated. Chelsea Handler literally posted on her Instagram that day calling everyone who used the word regime instead of regimen an idiot. Um, Stop. Yeah, you didn't see this. It was that exact no. day. Yeah. I caught a lot of heat from people because I have used regime to refer to, you know, my skincare program, my beauty routine in preparation to my wedding. Lauren literally was like, yeah, my skincare regime. And I'm like, every time you say that, I think I'm like, this is the same joke I made on the Patreon. So excuse me. But it's literally like I'm in like Iraq or something. It reminds me of like Saddam Hussein. Like when she says regime, I'm like transported back to 2004. (laughs) Okay, I got it from Miranda Kerr. I used to be like a huge Miranda Kerr fan when I was like 13. <sighs> and I know. It was, it was a dark Don't era. take me Let's back there, care. please. That's, Cora Organics. Yeah. I used to use Cora Organics and I used to be obsessed with Miranda Kerr. And anyway, she used regime instead of regimen. And I think that's where I got it from. Um, and it has picked up in popular usage. Also, if you look it up in the dictionary... It is technically correct to be able to use it that way, but the culture has, um, and by the culture, I mean the people in our DMs, they have right, laid the down the left. law. Yeah. No, uh, the mob has let me know that my usage of regime is excruciating and they would also it like is. me to stick with regimen. Right. And the, and the thing about you, no offense, but the thing about you is that you get these certain words that you're really into and then you'll use them all the time and it's painful for other people sometimes. So just like watch it. <laughs> what other word? Tome. Uh, like, okay. For an entire like six weeks. It is. It is a hot button issue because it's literally like feels like you're about to break into Gregorian chant. It feels like such an old word. And <laughs> also you just get on these kicks and then you, for like six weeks, I will hear the word tome in everyday conversation all the time and then you'll quit it (laughs) Uh, it's not intentional it's not something i'm doing knowingly um i swear but so i'm sorry i'm sorry that you know who i am naturally is so annoying to you that's fine it's fine i'm working through it no i'm just kidding i love you here well lauren listen you're not the only flawed person here because what i've been meaning to talk to you about and i wanted to catch you off guard with this on recording you know, on air. Oh God. No, I'm no, I'm scared. There's, there are certain gaps, I feel like, in my knowledge. I'm 100%, you know, a smart, like, critical thinking person, you know, who knows enough about enough, okay? But yeah, I am really bad at a certain category of information, and I wonder if you're the okay. same way. I wonder if there was just, like, some gap in our childhood, you know, Barney watching or, you know, Little Einsteins um, that has led us to this point. But basically... I am very, very bad at animals, at knowing what type of animals are 
what type of animals. Does this affect you in any way? Has this shown up in your adult life? I mean, I wouldn't say like Kagan and I spend quiet evenings pouring over the almanac, you know, and looking at illustrations of birds and identifying different genus and species. So it's hard to really say. Okay. Well, I, it's been illustrated to me many times in my daily life that other people around me know a lot more about animals or just like know what certain animals are way more than I do. For example, on Saturday, Ben and I had a lovely date night. We went and got some sushi and Mm -hmm. then we were walking around Central Park and I, we see these bird-like things in the water and I'm like, oh, those are ducks. Look at those cute ducks. And Ben's like, um, what? Those are pigeons. (laughs) No. No. <laughs> so you're, you are bad at animals. You are actually bad at this. And Ben's Those like, are flamingos. Those are doves. So, and I, they're geese. But so I swans. didn't know the difference. They're geese. Not They weren't white, but they're geese. And I have, I literally did not know the difference really between the look of a duck and a goose or geese. And I had to look it up online. And so anyways. Is there a difference? And, yes. Yes. There's a, ma- ma- and I, well, at first I'm like, well, geese are just male ducks. And then, like, hens are male chickens. And Ben was like, none of that is right. <laughs> He's like, Wait, no, no, no. Hens hens are female chickens. Well, right. No? Right. That's why. The, well, I'm not sure. But I know that roosters are, are males, I think. Roosters, roosters are males, I think. See, we're not good at animals. This is literally a live session where we're working through something that you and I are not good at. Yeah. Um, I have no clue to be totally honest. I have no idea. And yeah, I I never, I never claimed that I was a veterinarian. I never claimed to have this area of expertise. I feel honestly, frankly, very stupid in very many ways. And naming animals is just the tip of the iceberg. Which is why we're the perfect people to be giving relationship advice today. So should we get into it? Yeah. Let's get into it. Okay. Okay. This is going to kind of be a mixture of advice or, you know, like people are going to send in scenarios and we're going to respond to them. So just like find the joy in this journey. Um, first question, can you be friends with an ex? Let's try to keep it short. Okay, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I hadn't even started speaking yet. I hadn't even started speaking. Um, I'll keep it brief. Why don't you give an answer then? You okay, great. You give an answer and I will take your lead in terms of timing, how much time you take. Okay, great. Um, clock starts now. Can you be friends with an ex? I think if this was an ex that you had deep emotions for and that you felt like true loss when the, the breakup happened, you didn't feel like, oh, that was, you know, for the best. I don't really care about this person. Or I don't know. I feel like you. we all kind of have those relationships where they are not they don't just, you know, get us by the throat, not in an actual physical way. But you know what I'm saying? Like there are people that you date where you're like, this is a good fit. I like this. And then there are people you date where mm-hmm. you're just literally like cut off at the knees. And I don't think you can be friends with the exes that you were cut off at the cut off at the knees by. But what does friends mean? Does that mean friendly? Does that mean, oh, I think you might means- like one of their Instagram posts? Or does that mean like I go on a Tuesday to a matinee? with my ex-boyfriend no it's not a problem yeah that's a great push thank you lauren i don't think you should i don't think you can or should really follow those exes on instagram and but that i don't think then you know you should hang out with them in any real capacity 
Okay, so your answer is actually no. You should not be friends with an ex. Yeah, I think for the most part, and you should not be friends with an ex. Maybe there are some cases where it's they're still really ingrained in your friend group and you can just push push through, but I've, I've always found that to be incredibly painful. I'm going to take this to a whole new level, okay? Okay. Not only do I think that you should not be friends with an ex, but I don't think you should have any friends of the opposite gender. Um, okay. Period. Right, we're going full, full <laughs> Emily Gilmore, full Serena Joy. <laughs> Here's my opinion. I fully disagree. Okay, well, great. That's we can have a heated conversation. Also, I just want you to know that I once you said something and I was like, oh, I totally disagree. And you're like, actually, when you respond that way, it really cuts me off at the knees. It's hard to continue. Um I love that you disagree. I'm excited to get into it, into the fiery debate together. Okay. Here is my true opinion. I have, I have, unless you're friends of the opposite gender. Uh, are not straight. That's fine in my opinion because there's no sexual threat there. Um, but I think that ultimately it's not appropriate appropriate for men in relationships, committed relationships, to have female friends, and for women in committed relationships to have male friends that oh they my hang gosh. out with one on one. I'm sorry, I just don't. I, I mean, yeah, I guess maybe hanging out one on one repeatedly all I mean I just I think no I I just completely disagree like I'm in a committed relationship but I still have like one-on-one texting conversations with you know my friend Alex like there and he's straight like there's just fully people who don't have any romantic interest in you of the opposite sex who are also attracted to your same gender that's true I will say if it's a friendship you entered the relationship with Totally. That makes sense to me. You know, a friend from high school, friend from college, that makes sense to me. I'm talking about like Kagan. I remember he was like, oh, there's this new girl in town and she wants to go climbing. And like she mm-hmm. basically kind of said like, oh, we yeah. should go climbing. And I was like, no, you're not taking the new girl in, clown- in town climbing. I don't care that she wants a friend, a new friend, and she wants an ac- activity partner with and someone to climb with. I don't care. That's inappropriate. Like, I think the second you get into a committed long-term relationship, beginning new friendships with members of the opposite sex is inappropriate. That you hang out with one-on-one. Yeah, that that's what it all comes down to me with. Yeah, it would be weird if Ben was like, I have this, you know, like, yeah, this new girl who, like, I, that's not, it, would, it always would need to be a thing that was framed as like, would you want to come like meet this new person? Like, I would always yeah. have to like be a part of that scenario, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But also... Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a. I don't think that this this girl necessarily is like trying to have an affair with Kagan, um, but like I, yeah, up, I think but yeah, that, I think that it's. Um, I'm like, uh, anyways, I yeah, I I see what you're saying. I don't think it's, I don't think it's that black and white. But I also think that hanging out one on one repeatedly more than once with somebody of the opposite sex where your partner is not invited or like, you know, a part of it is weird. Yeah, absolutely. And don't you think that even with your friends that you've had for a long time, yes, you've had those friends for a long time and you have these like long texting relationships, especially digital relationships that you maintain. Cause digital like relationships. Everyone's moved, everyone's moved away. You're, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but you guys, yeah. you have a, a, a pattern yeah, like, of I mean, we see each other once or twice timing. a year. Yeah. Yeah. If that person lived in the same city as you and you were also hanging out with that, that person one-on-one every week, just the two of you, yeah, I that's think not that, okay. that would be that'd a be little, 
Yeah, even – yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's not that because it's – it's not because it's necessarily there's nefarious intentions on both sides or on one side. It's maybe that like you just would want your partner to be there. Like you just want to share in the friendship as like a trio or whatever. Like, it, you know, if any of those friends mm. were in town, I would, I would want Ben to come along. Like that's, that would seem like the most natural thing for me is like, Oh, we're going to be hanging out with this person. Do you want to come? But that's my opinion. Allow me to drop another truth bomb. Um, Okay. Mm-hmm. You just ro- you just rolled your eyes. This is the mm-hmm. problem with recording on camera. Um, because I think I think you're yeah. What? I think we're waiting into. I think we need to move on from this question. To be honest, no, I'm not. Okay, oh. fine. I don't think that men want to be friends with women. I just don't think that they. Most of the time, they really do not. They already have their friends. They have their guy friends. If they actively if they're trying a, to hang like out with single a girl, guys, you mean? Single guys, actively single guys. I mean, single guys or guys in committed relationships. I think that most of the time they don't want to be your friend. They don't want to be your friend. I feel like I've had a different experience with this than you. Yeah, yeah, probably. I just have never experienced, very rarely experienced a heterosexual friendship that has not ended up in some sort of romantic interest being made clear. Um, Like that. That's, you know, that's just always how it's gone, except for like maybe one case. And so I think that in my, in my experience, it's definitely different. So, okay. Okay. A lot of people are saying that one year minimum to see how your partner acts through all seasons, holidays, slash family events. <laughs> for me, this is such a funny, like rule to have or such a, like an interesting thing that even feels like it would be necessary to say because it's still such a short amount of time, like one year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like anyway, it's funny. Um, I feel like, like Ben and I have been dating for since January of 2021. And I feel like our relationship really does evolve. Like every eight months, it enters like a different kind of chapter or a different level of like new things you know that we have to confront and new issues and so yeah I think that yeah it's crazy that like a year is the minimum and now I'm like wow how could anyone date for less than a year or even know until it had been like over a year and then some if anything I would say I would say two years like you should see someone in two springs two winters two falls experience them through you know two right. full years try to experience them through a tr- job transition try to Mm-hmm. experience them through some sort of tragedy something you know go through something hard that would be my advice a new question love or gut-wrenching infatuation experience with both y'all so it's kind of i'm not totally sure what they're asking but if i can glean i think they're maybe asking with our experiences with love versus like gut-wrenching infatuation um which i feel like i've definitely had in different relationships and I think what you should be able to tell the difference of is like, does this person make you feel more peace overall or less peace? I think peace is like the key word in relationships in my experience. And I think that when someone, you know, when you have that gut-wrenching infatuation, that can sometimes just mean that you that the, it is a really good relationship and you are just really excited about it being new. And, you know, I remember when Ben and I were long distance and you know, he would leave and like, we'd have a trip and then he'd leave. And I would just like, be so sad. Like, like my stomach would hurt. I would be so sad. And, and I don't think that meant that like our relationship was toxic or it just wasn't good. I think that was just a part of the sadness of not being like 
mean being able to see each other every day. But I do think I've also had relationships where you leave spending time with them feeling more unsure of your relationship or feeling more nervous about the future. And I think that that can sometimes mean that like when you're with them, you you like them and you're like sure of it. But when you're not, you're unsure. And I think that is not the right kind of love. That's not a peaceful love in my opinion. Yeah, I think that anytime I was extremely infatuated, it was because I was not receiving the validation and the um, assuredness or the confirmation from that person. And so I was seeking that. And so seeking that kind of led me in this hot pursuit of that person's commitment. And that is what I think caused me to to have that infatuation. And so I absolutely think that the way to determine whether you are infatuated with someone or whether you are in love with them is if 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 your kind of lovesickness stems from a place of insecurity or if it right. stems from a place of like true just like love and desire. Um, because hopefully right. we are all at the very beginning of a relationship in a big honeymoon phase where we are obsessed, we're infatuated, we are just all into all over that person, completely into them. Um, that is great. That is normal. That is healthy. What is not healthy is feeling like you're in, you have like unrequited feelings, that right. your energy levels are not being matched, that you're not being, you know, that the person is not feeling the same level of excitement for you. And that right. I think is, that's where it's unhealthy infatuation. Um, well, and so, and I think you're totally right, Chan. Like a great, a great love is one that brings you a sense of peace in your life and stability. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think to your point, like if you can only feel peace, or just like if you can only feel secure when you're right in front of them. But like the minute that you leave, like or you know, you're always like waiting for like the next rush of like you know secure feelings from them. Like, I think that that is not right. So, okay. So someone wrote in a tip about asking boys out, even if you're a girl. And I love this because as someone who spent a lot of time on the apps, I feel like I had to really ingrain this within myself because I was very used to like, I need to be hunted. I, you know, he's the hunter. I'm the prey. Like I'm this, you know, weird little rabbit that people have to like chase (laughs) after. Um, yeah, cute little rabbit girl. Maybe it's not a rabbit now that I have exposed myself for not being good at animals, something else. But, um, I, and so basically though, so what I'll say is that when I was on dating apps, I would ask people out or, and I would initiate that. Do you want to do this X night? Do you want to go, you know, grab a drink? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go out to dinner? And I think that kept me from being in that weird purgatory where you're like, you're responding and you're asking questions and you're having to like keep the conversation stoked, but you're just waiting for them to like, you know, actually make a move. And I think if the person was scared off by you suggesting a date too soon when they're literally on a dating app, then like they're the weird one. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot, I think that when it comes to initiating the first date that asking a guy out, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think that a lot of times it can expedite, you know, the, mm-hmm. the a relationship actually happening and taking off or, you know, expedite you realizing this person's not into you. However, I will say though that I do think it's best practice to once you have let your interest be known to let the guy take the lead. I do think sure. that that is the best dynamic because you don't want to be the person who's always, I think as a woman, 
and again, you know, it's like, obviously this only applies to, I guess, people who have a more traditional point of view, but I don't think as a woman, it's a great feeling to be the one who is, you know, pushing the pedal on the relationship. It's a better dynamic, I think, to have the guy who is taking the lead from there. I I agree. I mean, I think it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to be the person pushing the pedal in the relationship. I feel like no matter what, like if you're the only person who's, you know, accelerating things forward, that sucks. So, right. yeah. Also, I think someone else, someone wrote in with some app advice. So now that we're just talking about dating apps and they said, if no plan is made in the first one to four days, bail, one week max rule, don't be a pen pal. And I, I really agree. Like the, there is no point in talking to random strangers on the internet if they're not going to take you out on a date. Like I, I definitely have done that thing where I'm like, okay, well, you know, we'll give it a couple of weeks and see if the banter builds. But I think actually it's better to meet to meet up as soon as possible see if you have that in-person attraction and chemistry and then move on or you know yeah it's a huge waste of time yeah and I and I think there are people that you maybe discount because they don't have incredible hinge banter who actually in person you have great chemistry with exactly and there are going to be people who have great hinge banter but you're just not there's just the chemistry is not there and you finally get to that in-person date and it doesn't work right right um, speaking of, you know, in-person awkwardness or, you know, kind of meeting someone for the first time, someone asks if 10 out of 10 personality can compensate for weak physical attraction. No, it can't. It just can't. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that everyone deserves a partner who is really physically attracted to them. Um, right. And would you want someone to be compromising on their, like, would you want someone who knew they weren't physically attracted to you, but thought you had a 10 out of 10 personality? I don't think so. Right. I completely agree. I think that, and, and this is something that our mom always told us, but sometimes like when a person is driving you crazy and doing things that like make you like want to lose your mind, at least looking at them and thinking that they're hot can get you through some of the hardest times of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's profound wisdom that I hope hope to pass on to my daughter and granddaughter someday. I just, I love your phrasing of both people deserve to be attracted. And I, and I just think that like, you're not doing this person any favors by not being attracted to them, but like continuing with a relationship with them. Yeah. Condemning them to being with a partner who's not that physically attracted to them because the day will come that someone who is genuinely physically into them you know, comes along and they're going to feel the difference in that energy. Um, so it's not just about being shallow. It's about, you know, it's about giving someone what they deserve in a relationship with just a partner who's genuinely, you know, hot for them. So, yeah. Um, fine. Uh, finally, I have your approval on my shallow ways. You do. I just had to phrase it differently. (laughs) You're no. And I, yeah, I love you, Lauren. I think you're wonderful. Someone wrote in with a tip and I had never thought about this before, but I think it's so smart and just honestly really revealing. And this person said, if you're dating someone that has kids, pay attention to how much custody he was awarded. A good dad should have 50% custody or more. And I, I mean, yeah, I dated someone who had kids, but I think that's an excellent way to kind of like see how involved that father is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I hope to all of our listeners that they they were dating someone who did not have full, you know, have 50% custody of their children, that alarm bells would start going off. And, and you I don't know, know why I never thought about that. 
I think you wouldn't think about it until you were in the situation. And then you were yeah. like, oh, why? And then someone, and someone would ask, oh, why doesn't he have, you know, why does he only get the kids once a month? Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think the, mm-hmm. the answer would become very obvious very clearly. Um, right. But I think this dovetails into another, another piece of advice someone put in, which was pay attention to how they talk about their exes. And this is just absolutely so true. If someone yeah. always talks shit on their exes if someone is always talking crap on their exes has a bunch of bad blood with their exes then that just run the other direction this is a person who is not able to have healthy adult relationships who has Mm -hmm. who lives in like a zero-sum game world where everyone has to lose and they have to win um this is not a healthy human being right right yes i think it absolutely speaks volumes um let's get into another scenario you ready Mm-hmm. So this person says, okay, my now husband told me he needed a minute to think about being serious. Um, and I think this is like when they first started to, you know, date and get to know each other. And she says at the time I was like, he either likes me or he doesn't. And was so like pissed off and had that like, you know, really black and white mindset. But she says, I'm so glad I gave him the minute to think about it. Ye- I mean, I think that it shows someone's thoughtful if they're like, hey, I need a second to regroup and to really consider if this is what I want, if this is the right thing for me. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. I think that's a good thing. I think it shows that they aren't just taking, you know, the time investment with you casually, that they're taking it seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if they're emotionally rational enough and emotionally mature enough to say, to be honest with you about needing that time. And, you know, not wanting to string you along or, you know, maybe still hook up with you all the time during it. Um, I think that shows that, yeah, that person is is careful with your heart. Um, but if this person is just not talking to you or an, or if they are, you know, playing games with you and that's what they're calling, you know, figuring it out, then like that there's something wrong with that. But I don't think that was the mm-hmm. case here. Okay. So someone said, I'm a huge feminist, but I firmly believe that the man should be more obsessed with the woman. What do you think, Shan? Um, I'm right there with you in my pink pussy hat and I completely agree. I completely agree too. I unfortunately don't think I'm in a relationship like that. Um, but I totally agree that they, sh- <laughs> that they should am be either. more obsessed. <laughs> I don't think anyone necessarily in our family is, but, um, should Damn they it. be? Yes, absolutely. That is ideal. Unfortunately, that's none of our realities. Um, I mean, obsessed is also like a weird word. Like I think that, I think that the guy should feel like he lucked out more than the girl should feel like she lucked out. And maybe that's toxic, but I like that dynamic. Here is the truth. A guy, I think it's great when they are very rational and they feel very like blessed and this is the person I'm supposed to be with and they love you. But you really, the more romantic a guy is, the more Mm -hmm. of like a Casanova he is, the more in love and obsessed he is on some level, kind of the more likely he could potentially fall for someone else you know like right there's some yeah. there's definitely a perk to being with people who are maybe less emotional and more you know left is i don't know if it's left-brained or right-brained but are more analytical because yeah they're not penning you poems at midnight you know mm-hmm. by candlelight but they're not penning them for anyone else either so i think yeah. that maybe that's just what i tell myself to sleep at night but that was actually advice I got from Courtney because we were chatting about it. And that's what she, that's what she said. She was just like, listen, there are perks to being in a relationship like with a, a person who is really emotionally stable. 
Yeah, right. No, totally. Like thinking about Shania and Mutt, okay? Like they were swept up and he <laughs> proposed within like two months. And they, I think they were married within six right. or something crazy like that. If you're with a person who's so easily swept up by love and romance, exactly. like exactly. That's, that's what it is. I think, yeah. And to what, yeah, exactly what you said. You don't want a guy who like sees some woman in a perfect dress down the street and has to mm-hmm. know who she is, has to know her name. You don't want that guy. You want a guy who's not obsessed with chasing skirt and chasing tail. And <laughs> you will know immediately if which kind of guy you have. I just think about the times where I've like laid in, next to Ben and been like, did you just know like the moment I got into your car that night, you know, January 16, 2021, that like everything in your life was about to change? And then he's been like, yeah, like I, I just thought it was a, a really special first date. <laughs> like that's the most he can muster. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I'm just like a little sullen, like, <laughs> but it really is true. You're a very special person for him to be in a relationship I know, with. I, I think it's really wonderful. All those midnight chats all I hear the time. about must be really fun for him. He's so lucky. He is such a lucky guy. I told Kagan the other day, I was, I took a picture of him when he was eating yogurt. I casually mm-hmm. take photos of him all the time, you know? And yeah. And then sometimes it will make it to my Instagram stories with like a heart or like a, a ILH or like some sort yeah. of like affectionate thing. And anyway, I, I told him, I was like, you know, you should just start taking pictures of me casually <laughs> and posting on Instagram stories with like a heart or like an I love her or just some sort of, some sort of cute message. Totally. He just was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never it's, that will never happen. That will literally never happen. I should just start doing it for myself. Posting Lauren, it to his account. This, this is literally so perfect because literally the other day, I've been off Instagram, but Ben said something about his story. I'm like, oh, you posted a story thinking it was going to be like some lovely candid photo of me in our beautiful life. And it was absolutely not. And I was like, I don't know why I was disappointed that it wasn't of me, but it just we're fully narcissistic about this type of thing. And I don't think we're alone. Everyone wants it, but but let's talk about the positives about having someone who's not into their that into their Instagram and not a huge content creator. I mean, oh, right, right, that right. is really that's actually much more attractive. So, okay. this brings us this is this is literally perfectly teed up for this this question, which is I asked my boyfriend to post a nice photo of me on his story that he took on a nice day. Am I crazy? No. You are absolutely not. You are like all of us. Yeah. We all want that. We all absolutely want that. And anyone who says they don't is lying. Um, So did they, did she say if he posted or not? No, she just asked if she was crazy. And I just want to validate her because everybody, exactly. Everybody wants that. Someone wanted to know my thoughts on prenups, if I will get a prenup. Um, Mm -hmm. And my thoughts on prenups are, my, is that they're fine. I would sign a prenup, but I wouldn't, it just like a, it just depends on the terms, right? Like I wouldn't sign a mm-hmm. prenup that was like, oh, everything that you guys accomplish during the marriage is your own. Like nothing is shared. Cause for me, it's like literally the point of getting married is like you are having a shared life. Right. Like you're building you your life build, together. Like, is 50-50. Like you're building a life together. That's kind of the point of getting married. It's an acknowledgement mm-hmm. that like, hey, yeah, while this person is working on certain things that and you're supporting them and doing other stuff that you're providing value and that you're building li- a life together. So the thing yeah. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't sign some sort of like horrible prenup that that made it so that it was just like ending the relationship was just 
there were no stakes to the relationship because I think that's the entire point on some level of getting married. It's like, you know, what's the right word? It's like on some level, all your eggs in this basket, hitching your wagon, yoked, equally yoked. You want to have skin in the game, like as much skin in the game as possible. That's the point of getting married. It's saying like, I know that there are going to be really hard times in the future, but we're going to get through them. And Mm -hmm. this is a life we're going to share together. I think that, I think that getting married, what? It's like you're literally singing the lyrics to You're Still the One. And I'm going (laughs) to get the chills. Well, I just, yeah, I think getting married, but then having everything be separate and individual, like to me, it's like, I guess, why even get married in the first place if it's just so easy mm-hmm. to to dissolve? Like, that's right. not the point. Like, the point is, is that hopefully you'll, and this is just in my life, but hopefully there'll be children. There's a very uneven distribution of household versus professional work. And that's by it being a community thing, that's what kind of right. creates the the balance. So, yeah. 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 So that's my opinion. But I'm totally fine with prenups that protect assets that were acquired before getting into the marriage, of course. I'll never forget when, you know, I got my first corporate job and I asked dad, I I just thought I was hot shit. I just thought like, I've got a, you know, I've got a credit card now, like everything's different. I'm a different person. And I asked dad if I should, you know, consider getting a prenup in (laughs) dad, not really trying to be rude, but just kind of just in his classic fashion just said like okay well what assets do you have to protect your lease your car lease that we helped you with the down payment on um your rented apartment so exactly anyway it's a a tough topic but yeah yeah another question i'm a widow with kids do i put it in my profile tell them in chat uh how do you date with kids we are clearly not the people who know really any of the answers to this but if we had to speak on it You know, it's really tough, I think, because I think that there will be guys who aren't ready for that and they're going to know that. I think that just putting it in the profile, putting a picture with your kids is just the best way to not waste your time, you know? Agreed. Not. Yeah. I I, I will tell you, we have this friend in Utah and she's like... she has like four children, but you would never know it talking to her. Uh, and she just like never talks about her kids. And anyway, uh, she went on like three dates with my friend. And on the third date, she mentioned that she had four kids. <laughs> and he was just like, he was so angry and felt so like, like what? Yeah. But he like literally ended the date right then. So. I mean, I would. Yeah, that's like she's cut from bizarre. Cloth. I think I think yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah anyway uh, but yeah i would just i would be very upfront about it because you know what you, you'll filter for really like wonderful men who are exactly. very giving and to you know are not just completely self-absorbed so yeah i completely agree um okay also someone wrote in a controversial opinion you do not have to say yes to a date if you're not attracted or interested in the guy and i think this is absolutely correct if you know that you're not into like hot for them or you know that you're not into them don't waste their time on a date don't try to give them a chance if you know you know don't waste your time don't waste their time yeah yeah completely agree okay someone wants to know uh how to get a boy's attention you're crushing on but who doesn't notice you I I feel like I've definitely had many a crush on boys who were totally uninterested in me, totally didn't know I existed, and I just honestly wasted a lot of time. So I don't know if I'm the best person to talk to about this. Yeah, I mean, like, is this a person who 
like I'm assuming this is a person who knows you exist, who's in your social circle, who, you know, you don't have to like alert to your existence. So this is probably mm-hmm. someone who most likely is not into you, unfortunately. And yeah, um, just doesn't see you in that way. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to leave it all on the field, you know, ask the person out, just ask yeah. them out. And at least you, and maybe they, maybe they will be interested in you and they would have thought, oh, this person, I never would have thought that this person would be into me. I'm so excited. Um, so you can always do that. But if it's going to be for you, it's too touchy. This person is in your social scene. You don't want that dynamic after, then I would just leave it. I would, yeah, maybe, you just know, try to let it go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a very, very dicey one, Chandler. Someone said their controversial opinion is that partner is a fancy word for my significant other who won't ask me to marry them. Burn. Burn, burn, burn. That is such a burn. I don't, I don't see it that way because I feel like it's just more of like a, you know, what's weird. I feel like it's less politically correct. And I think this is maybe a little bit weird, like to say boyfriend or girlfriend. Like, yeah, I feel it like is, a, for a sure. Lot of You're people, supposed to say partner. Yeah. So I just feel like a lot of people at work, like, say my partner. And I don't think, like, oh, you know, classic, you know, getting the milk for free. Um, right. So I, I don't know that I totally agree because I, I just think boyfriend and girlfriend feels almost, like, infantile to say. I I also just think that there are people who don't want to get married for all sorts of reasons. That doesn't mean that their relationship is any less valid or any less beautiful, right? Like some people just don't see yeah. it as necessary that maybe they don't want kids, whatever. Um, but they're in a true partnership. To me, the word partner, it just feels like like whenever I say that word about Kagan, it's a lot more romantic to me than fiance because it's like, no, this is like my partner. This is the person who I'm in life with. Like it right. doesn't speak to any sort of gender dynamic. It doesn't speak yeah. to a proposal or a wedding. It just speaks to us being like equally yoked in life together mm-hmm. and and it being a true, healthy, good, real bond, you know, like a person right. who I would, who I lived in a garage with once and mm-hmm. you know could again if necessary like mm-hmm. the and i think the part the word partner to me is actually like extremely beautiful so yeah i agree i agree i love that okay. so um, next question next yeah next scenario how to know if you're going through a relationship lull or if it's time to end it they said um they're 26 and it's a four-year-long relationship mm. yeah i mean relationships do go through ebbs and flows <sighs> that's really tough. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like Kagan and I have definitely had moments where we've been like maybe less connected, feeling less connected, but I've never thought, oh, this isn't the person I'm supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. I just have felt like, oh, we're not as connected right now. And like, it's bummed me out and I've wanted to fix it. Um, so I think that if you're 26, you've been in a relationship since you were 22 and you're getting the itch to maybe move on, then you should probably really listen to that. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to marry someone just because you've been with them for a long time and you're just right. kind of used to life with them. You want to marry someone because yeah. they are like, you feel so incredibly lucky to be able to get to marry them. Right. Absolutely. And they deserve that. Yeah. Okay. Someone also said hating your in-laws is a tired trope. And I completely agree with this. I think that 
trying to facilitate like actual friendships with your in-laws, with your sisters-in-law, brothers-in-law, all of that, and not just having like a surface, you know, convivial relationship is so important. Like I try to make a sincere effort with Kagan's family. And like I, I work on building those friendships and like relationships because I just think it's important to like really enjoy the company of uh, and I'm lucky because they're like such wonderful people, but I just think it's mm-hmm. really important to genuinely enjoy the company of your partner's family. And I totally Absolutely. agree. Like, and when you marry your person, you marry their family too. Like they become your family as well. And they, you take care of them and they'll take care of you. And I just think you, yeah. I like looking at it like that versus, oh, these are now there's these people that I have to like also, you know, jump through hoops for, or, you know, have these obligatory like meetings with. I I go on a walk with Kagan's mom almost every time I'm in town and it's something that I think and we will chat on the phone every now and then and it's really something that has like built a relationship where I genuinely look forward to hanging out with her and seeing her because we have like a friendship that's not just like oh I see you at events you know right right and so I I 100% agree with this where Kagan's not always there with you, you know, like where you actually can be like two women together. Yeah. Yeah. Like talking about our lives, talking about Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I have a true personal relationship with her and that's something that, and I, and I, uh, when I was lost in town, I, um, made sure to see, to hang out with his sister one-on-one and his new niece and like, Mm -hmm. and to, and when we didn't go into town, when he wasn't in town, but I flew into town, I like, you know, I brought lunch to their house and hung out with the whole family. And like, I just, I think it's so important to really embrace your partner's yes. family and like, yeah. and, and build friendships with these people because mm-hmm. hopefully they're going to be in your lives forever. And yeah, it, it is a tired trope well, to and, not put effort into your in-laws. And and I don't think it's always super seamless to blend in with other families. Like I think, you know, you're just maybe used to a different dynamic, but I think that you make it easier on yourself when you do try to establish those relationships because if not, it just becomes like an uphill battle yeah. and something you dread. And so like make it easier on yourself and actually like be open to the idea that these people could be really wonderful and people who you enjoy spending time with. Um, mm-hmm. And rather than like, oh, you know, I just totally. totally. laws has like a, a negative connotation to it, sadly. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cultivate actual re- like individual friendships and relationships. Yeah. Um, I think it will pay off in spades, even just for yourself. So that when you're when you're like, oh, I'm doing Christmas with his family this year, it's this thing where like, oh, I'm really comfortable with them. I really enjoy being mm-hmm. around them. Like this is gonna be really yeah. fun. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, oh, this is a really good one, Chan. Someone said okay. definitely okay to go. A few people wrote this in. It's definitely okay to go to bed mad. And I completely agree with this. I think that sometimes you can get caught up in the heat of the moment. You can be in your, you know, spiral. And that's when the darkest things, the things that you wish you would never have said can come out. And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes it is better to just go to sleep. You will feel better yeah. in the morning. You'll have a fresh perspective. 100% go to bed angry. I, than- I saw it. T- yeah. I saw a TikTok therapist. Um, so, you know, really good information. But actually, these are like real therapists who put their content on TikTok for people like me to read for free and absorb for free. But basically, they said, you know, good partners uh, circle back, which is kind of annoying corporate jargon, and like 
bad partners like just kind of let things blow up in the heat of the moment. And mm-hmm. I think that like right. that's really true. Like good partners can take a second, you know, let things sit for a moment, let their emotions, you know, sort of wash over them and distill versus just letting everything like, you know, I don't know, just blow up and and get worse and worse. So, I agree. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know well, that I'm great actually, at this though, personally. Well, it brings me to I know I feel the same way and and it kind of brings me to another point someone made, which was um be with someone who calms you when you are like getting heated, when you're frustrated, mm-hmm. not someone who like throws what's the word? Who throws like like gas on the fire. Who, gas on the fire, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes if I'm spiraling, Kagan will be like, do you want to talk about it? And I'll be like, no. And he will like, he will not talk about it with me because sometimes it's better to just let someone have their moment. And I think you can almost like open up a can of worms by trying to like hash it all out all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. In that moment, like in real time. In that moment. But also I think I have a little bit of story with this piece of advice. It's marry someone who calms you when you're triggered. And I just think that if you can be with someone who is emotionally aware enough to remember the things that trigger you and to try to avoid those things. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And mm-hmm. like, this is like a small a little example, but like I am, I, I do not like to weigh myself. I don't weigh myself. I haven't weighed myself in like over a year and a half. And Ben has a scale. We moved in together and he has like, he'll like leave it out under the dresser. And for whatever reason, scales are like a loaded gun for me. It's literally like I could walk on, I could go step on it at any moment and like decide how I'm going to feel about myself for that day. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, I was like, Hey, you can't leave this out. I, you know, I grew up with scales in literally every bathroom of my house. I don't like weighing myself at all. And Mm -hmm. I don't like having those opportunities. And like, you know, and it's just now funny, like literally this morning he like weighed himself and then he like put it back under the bed. And I was just like, because he's now moved it to be a thing that he only he gets out and then stows out of sight. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just had this moment where I was like, that's so, it's very wonderful that he is aware of those things for me. And, and it's, it, it's not a problem. It's not like, oh, you need to work on that. You need to figure that out because it's like your issue shouldn't be my issue too. Right. Right. No, I, I, uh, I think that that's really good. That's really great. I mean, I had the opposite experience happen recently where I had like a, I, you know, I'm, I'm going through a moment right now. I'm figuring stuff out. And anyway, I had this like little spiral with Kagan a couple of weeks ago about some insecurity I have. And then he like two days ago was like, remember when you were like, like, and you had this like, you know, he like repeated what I was nervous, what mm-hmm. I was insecure about. And like, it just sent me to the darkest place. Like I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to think yeah. about that again. Like I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to revisit it. Uh, and so anyway, it was definitely a moment where he was like, yeah, I should not have brought that up. <laughs> should I have reminded well, you about that? It's tough. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Sorry, this is an abrupt ending to today's episode. This is the reason why it came out so late. There was an audio issue for the rest of our conversation. I have been trying to trying to resurrect it, but unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. So the episode has come to its conclusion. Um, Thank you all so much for listening. If you love the pod, please share it. Please send it to a friend. Send your favorite episode. Share it on your stories. We are doing the August giveaway. It's a $500 shopping spree giveaway. To enter, all you have to do is share the podcast on your stories with a link. So super easy to, to enter. Just 
share it on your stories, tag us so we see it, and include the link so that your followers can easily click and listen to an episode. Thanks, you guys. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.